The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. For new users, download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. It's been so long since I've been here hosting on a Friday. So you know what that means. It's Friday's parlay's time. It's parlay rail in the building. Villain rail, Terrell Furman Jr. I am here. Hello. How is it going, world? And do I have anything to rant about today? I actually don't think I have anything to rant about today. Talk no, about yes, I do. Knicks. I remember. No, no, not the Knicks. Okay. We're not talking about the Knicks. We're not, we're not talking about bad. You, we, I haven't introduced you yet. Don't talk yet. I haven't okay. introduced you. Right. <laughs> we're not talking about bad basketball. We're going to talk about... The NBA is so freaking soft, man, because the fact in this week we have seen that Austin Rivers ejection and the Chris Middleton injection last night is absolutely disgusting and terrible. It is, ab- it is really, really bad. And I think Chris Middleton injection only looks worse because Bruce Brown took a fall, but he really didn't. Like, he really didn't hit that man that, like that hard at all. And he was checking on him. The whole time. He knows that that was unintentional at all. Now, luckily for the Bucks, Chris Milton was stinking the place up, so him getting ejected actually fueled them to come back and win that game because he was just terrible, and he probably would have cost them the game at some point. <sighs> this, has to, this has to come to an end. This referee and this, this – I know we don't want it to be like the 80s, or even 70s where you were just tackling people and knocking them out on the ground. I get that, but this is ridiculous, guys. Austin Rivers actually deserves an apology. He really does. Now, before he he interjected himself and tried to make me talk about bad basketball, I got my guy with me again, Scott Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. How's it going with you? Uh, As you mentioned with the Middleton thing, I was hoping he would not get ejected. Because the more shots Middleton takes, the yep. more likely the Nets are to win the game. Absolutely. That means Giannis is less likely to ball hog down the stretch, which he kind of needed to because the Nets could not stop him the entire game. Uh, it was a hell of a game. Not really much more to add there. Nets looked like one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Of course, Milwaukee right now is looking like a slightly better team, but it's, the point is it's close. Mm-hmm. I think it would go seven if they were playing in a series. But either way, point is, is that yesterday just had a great basketball game. One team had to win, turned out to be the Bucs. The Nets kind of fell apart down the stretch. But anytime you got two shots at a game winner from Durant, you got to like your chances, and unfortunately none of them went in. That was my main takeaway. Just a great basketball game besides that. Really not much else worth talking about. Uh, Atlanta basically wrapped up the final playing spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, besides that, 
yeah, that's pretty much it. You got anything else you want to add? Because I felt like that was kind of the main two storylines from yesterday, besides Harden being awful and Doc Rivers calling him out. No, that's about that's about it for me. And we got the third man in the booth today. It's my guy, my brother from another mother, DT Dan Titus. What's going on, brother? Bro, what up? Uh, that was a great segue, Scott, because uh, I'm not here to talk about the Sixers either because they're another fucking disappointment. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, the basketball season is winding down and it's these lines are fishy, fishier than ever. And we got a lot of playoff races and implications over the next, you know, five to seven games for some teams. And uh, it's a good it's a good spot to be in before we start to assess the playoffs. But I don't know if I believe I don't know if I have as much optimism as Scott does in the Nets, man. I think that that defense is suspect. They're going to get bullied by like real squads in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yeah, sure, they could, might be able to get out. I was going to say, how, first, how many real squads are there in the <laughs> Miami? It's just Miami. Fair. It's just it's Miami. Fair. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, I think the Sixers could bully them a little bit, though. Like, in the seven-game series, I think that they could definitely get used to it. And, I, I mean, we already saw Kevin Durant back to live tweeting at, at half, at, uh, after the game to the, all the trolls and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, they're just extremely soft. But speaking of soft, yeah, the refs are ridiculous. Um, Should have been a flagrant, but not an ejection. I don't know where we where we go from here. Like it seems like we can't get it right in any sport. What the what the refs? I don't know. Maybe it's time for the bots or some shit. I don't know. But yeah, this ain't it. <laughs> like the BCS and <laughs> <laughs> automated referee system. <laughs> Something. Oh man. Too much human All error right. at this point. It's it's just so subjective. It's so subjective. Yeah. And I think that I don't know, maybe it's I don't know. It's just a weird mindset. Those guys, and we got to start finding these refs. We got to start finding these refs for these terrible calls like this. They if fine, it's suspension, something. There's a there is a punishment for the players. There needs to be a punishment on the ref side because you shouldn't be able. I'm pretty sure refs get banked. I wonder how much do refs make. They should they should get bread. I mean, they make a nice like living. Bread. Other than they get yeah. fined, I think they just they make get a nice removed living. potentially from playoff considerations, stuff like that. Right. They just get some points. Yeah. yeah. So I think the team should be able to, like, vote on the refs that in the playoffs. Like, those playoffs teams should get send their ballots in, and, you know, that goes into consideration of which refs go in. Because if every team sitting here and says that we don't fucking like Scott Foster, why is Scott Foster always refereeing everything? Yeah, but Boogie Cousins hates every ref, so how's that, gonna, how's that supposed to work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boogie's man. not getting a vote in that one. <laughs> You have to have under at least like an average of 10, 10 technicals a season to, be, mm-hmm. to get a vote into that. So I saw a list, and it's the list of people that are close to 16 technicals is ridiculous. Luca, he's probably up there. Yeah, absolutely. But Luca just acts tough. <laughs> um, Got that dang, game, though. What is that list? Boogie, it was, Boogie it was has a crazy to be over list. 16 at this point, and he missed like half the year. He's, he's got to be glad. And he only gets like 15 minutes a game, too. It's yeah. so impressive. <laughs> His technical uh, per minute ratio, though, is top tier <laughs> stuff. Okay, so it was through the twenty eight. It was Luca has fifteen, Westbrook has fourteen, Embiid has fourteen, Trey has fourteen, Mello has fourteen. See, this says Mello, Mello. and I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm, no, wait, 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 wait. This says Mello, La- but I'm La- pretty Mello? sure. Yeah. Okay. No. So wait, Mello has fifteen. <laughs> this crazy. is actually Mello. Wow, Melo has – what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> They're not good enough for him to have that many texts. Hey, what is Melo doing with 14 What is he getting hyped up on at 37 years old? I'm assuming that people he, – he keeps getting mad because 
opposing players keep picking on him on defense, so he just yells at every foul call he has against him. Fight the gas. What the fuck? That threw me off. All right. And then at Trey 13, Young one throws has... me off, to be honest. Because in early yeah, in the year when they yeah. weren't calling it, like I can get that. But recently, mm-hmm. I don't know why Trey Young would have any issues. He's been walking into 30 points every night. Yeah. Uh, I think so, Trey is the most surprising one on that list for me. So, wait. All right. Here's – oh, and Cat and Harrell both have 13. So, is Doncic is 15. Yeah, Doncic is 15. Yeah. Westbrook and B, Trey and Melo at 14. Cat and Harrell at 13. Even yeah, Westbrook I don't know what – kind of surprised. I'd like to see Cat on there. That's good. Yes, thank you. That is my that is my favorite. That cat is up there. Yes, cat gets a sixteen and miss a game because at least you know that means you're standing up for yourself. You're not out yeah. here fucking being nah, soft Pat, as hell. Pat, Pat Bev definitely uh, gave gave some uh, credibility to that to that Minnesota team, and I think Anthony Edwards is a dog a dog in training. We'll call him. He's a little pup, but he's eventually going to be a really nice two way player. So whatever they needed to inject into cat's veins to give him some aggression i'm all i'm here for it they needed that absolutely absolutely i love this cat i love this cat this cat is great this is good cat next year cat's going to be an mvp candidate let's just go ahead and say that Ooh, they got to win a lot more games to be an mvp i'm kind of trolling when i say (laughs) that but i wouldn't be surprised literally they're he's just winning games away from being an mvp candidate so if they ever start trolling just to confirm you know I don't think I like that. (laughs) I don't think I like that. (laughs) Okay. All right. We have a number of games on the slate, so we're not going to take up too much time talking about bullshit. Uh, Here. No, wait. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Wimbledon. I kind of want to segue into what happened with the Sixers last night because I know that Dan is a fan. No offense, but I do think it's worth talking about. I hope you weren't going to come back to it. (laughs) Not about the game. But I want to know if you think after the Ben Simmons thing blew up in the franchise's face, if you think Doc Rivers should have called out the star player or if maybe he should have pivoted. Because watching the game or even just following the game on the box score, it was Harden's fault. And let's be real, he was awful last night. But after everything went so poorly with how that it worked out with Simmons and how Harden's been known to jump ship at any form of criticism, do you think Doc should have kept it within or do you think he was right saying it publicly? Um, I think that this is him trying to correct what he made when he made the mistake last time. Um, I think that he needed to put more blame on Ben before it got to the playoffs. And now I guess he's trying to do the same thing before the playoffs to kind of do it as like as a motivational experience or something. But like James is too grown for this. He's a he's a veteran. He's a, an adult. I don't think that this went over very well, but I don't think it's also enough for him to jump ship. Like, I think he rocks with Daryl Morey way more than anyone fucks with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is gone at the end of the season. And if he's not, (laughs) I got to revoke my fan card for the Sixers because I think it's a bigger problem than, yeah, Harden played like shit, but he's been known to play like shit. These rotations and the non-Embiid minutes are are what's killing the Sixers. Their bench is atrocious. They never want to get the young guys in there. We're still trotting out Paul Millsap and freaking – Shout out to DeAndre. (laughs) DeAndre. Yeah, exactly. We got DeAndre. Like, why is he even getting minutes at this point? Like, he's a shell of himself. I'd rather see Paul Reed in there, run small ball. You have plenty of options. Like, I just don't understand what Doc is doing, what he sees in practice, and how that translates on the court. 
this team is in trouble because his leadership is sus. And it's been sus for years. We've known this. The only time he's ever won is when in Boston. Every other time in the playoffs, it's been a choke job. So I don't know how much more Daryl needs to see from his head coach to know that this guy isn't to lead this team into the future. They practice in Philadelphia? Uh, actually, in Jersey. Oh, like practice. South Jersey. Talking about practice? <laughs> oh, it went over his head. It went over his head. Uh, he didn't get it, so I had to interject. Yeah, appreciate yeah, I mean, we were talking Iverson era, man. That shit yeah. wasn't even, man. That's just too old, man. Even I'm the old head, and y'all bringing up some old shit. We ain't talking oh, about Iverson. Let's talk about the motherfucking Sixers that are present. They don't even want Iverson even around the organization, which is some other bullshit, but... Yeah, I digress. I wasn't, I wasn't bringing up the actual game because that would probably get you too upset, even though losing to Detroit is kind of embarrassing. But I just meant in general because yeah. people are going to talk about the Doc Rivers stuff because yeah. I feel like that was the main story there because it's kind of rinse and repeat, except Harden has been there, done that, unlike Simmons. But we've seen Harden definitely quickly turn on teams. And I do agree. I think that if this – overall quote from doc rivers does anything it secures his pink slip at the end of the year i think that was my main takeaway yeah, yeah exactly yeah that uh, me too um and if they did it differently like i don't i still don't know that like this simmons situation would have worked out like i always had a feeling that simmons was going to dip regardless he just seems like he's a guy that wanted to be in la or in some higher bigger market that i don't know he could just be like a fucking celebrity athlete like everybody else that's trying to do things bigger than basketball but um yeah, I, I feel like he just signed the death the death certificate for Doc Rivers at this point. Yeah, you can't much. you can't call out your second best superstar like that against a, a shitty team like Detroit. But honestly, Detroit's been one of the better teams in the NBA over the last month. So like, as much as that looked like a bad loss, like that team is actually playing pretty well. Um, but just more disrespect to the fact that the Sixers aren't real. So we know that. Hoo we Eastern Conference is. Up for grabs. I'll tell you that. Wide open. Wide open. Oh, shit. What? Nope. Oh, no, no. Breaking news? Yes, no. No, so. no, no breaking news. No. no breaking news in baseball, but this isn't a baseball podcast. So. <laughs> no, what is it? What is it? Uh, Kimbrough got traded from the White Sox to the Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers the Dodgers get richer. Are, the Dodgers Where does LA like, come up with all this money in every sport? You know, Bobby Wagner signs for a $60 million deal with the Rams yes, a couple days ago or yesterday or whatever. Like, they used to be pulling money out their ass, man. Mm -hmm. But that's tough. Hoo-wee. All right. Looking for the Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties, from classic table games to the best slots, thrills, and jackpots. WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. The win bet win hour is from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the win bet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet $500 on college basketball games Thursday through Sunday and be entered to win a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. For example, if a patron wagers $1,100 on men's college basketball tournament, Thursday through Sunday, you'll be eligible for two entries into the prize draw, 500, 500, two entries. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app. 
or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or order to enter and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And SGPN is at it again, this time giving away $1,000 in their final four contests. Respond to 10 questions, and whoever has the most correct wins $1,000. Center, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. All right. Fellas, we have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game slate. We got to get through this, and we're not going to take three hours to do it. First up, we have Dallas through going to D.C., maybe a stop by U Street. And they're playing the Washington Wizards, where Dallas is laying eight and a half, two seventeen and a half on the total. Let's pull up the injury report here for the Washington Wizards. Vernon Carrington Jr. is out, and Kyle Kuzma is still out for this game. For the Dallas Mavericks, we have uh, Frake is questionable with an ankle injury. Theo Pinson is still out with that finger injury. Hopefully he's still on the bench. Trey Burke is still out, and Sterling Brown is still out. He's actually in health and safety protocols, which is funny because I can't remember. It's been a couple weeks since I've heard health and safety protocols. All right. Scott, let's start with you. You got eight and a half with Dallas in D.C. What are you doing with it? You think I'm going to fade poor Zingas in a revenge game? No, actually, uh, looking at the breakdown here, Dallas, of course, in better form. Washington, though, quietly been playing decent basketball recently, uh, mm-hmm. winning three of four. They haven't really played anybody. They beat Detroit. I know Jeremy Grant got injured in the first quarter of that game, so that definitely helped. Golden State's been insanely terrible since Curry got injured. They lost to Chicago, and they beat Orlando, and Orlando is actively tanking. So Washington's won three of four. Dallas has won each of the last three, beat Utah, beat Los Angeles, and then beat the Cavs. Kind of similar story. Of course, Dallas's three games are definitely better in terms of competition, but Utah, not very good. Cleveland's falling apart, and the Lakers are terrible. So the question is, I really want to lay nine on the road. I don't think I do. I think I'm going to take the points. I feel like this is a little bit too large. Dallas is a decent road team, 21-17. They're not amazing by any means on the highway. but I do think that this game will be surprisingly close. Washington's been, I said before, a little bit feisty recently. Poor Zingas, I think, will play well. And some of the younger guys have kind of stepped up. I know Avdi has been playing better lately, for example. But nine on the road, I'm not that attracted by it. I'm going to take the points. All right. DC, what are you doing? Um, Spread-wise, I'm going to stay away from it. Um, I see 93% of the money is on Dallas as well as the public at uh, – let me see what the percent was. 63%. Um, damn, 94% of the money is on Mavericks. <clears throat> um, I just don't like that 8.5, um, 9 in the market. Um, I'd rather play a player prop. Shout to Munaf. Um, I saw he let off a Thomas Sedaransky over five and a half assists. I was actually going to take his under six and a half points and his rebounds plus assists. Um, points wise, this dude is not scoring. He's only attempted more than four shots in one of his last four games. 
and uh, he's been under this in five of his last six. Um, but his assists are there, man. He's been uh, at least seven assists in the last three games. Like the way he's been rebounding the ball, but he still isn't a timeshare with Ish Smith. So um, don't get too carried away with it. But with a spread like that's, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the day if it hit double digits at this point. Um, uh, I think Staterancy is going to get some good time here, and he's been earning minutes for for Washington. Wes Unsell Jr. likes him a lot. Said that on the propcast last week. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Thomas Staterancy props here. Luca, I think you could always. There's always a case for him to um, bet his threes market. Um, I've seen it at three and a half. Um, definitely intriguing there because I, I mean he could just get busy. Um, Porzingis is interesting in a in a revenge game, but I'm also waiting for Spencer Dinwiddie props to drop. Mm-hmm. He said some shit on Instagram uh, that was pretty much throwing shade at his former squad. So uh, I'm all for the revenge narrative. So if I can, whatever they want to drop those Dinwiddie props, I'm going to be on that. Terrell, how big of a Mavericks fan are you tonight? Oh, man, I'm extremely big Mavericks fan. But if I ever had to say that there's a game that I'm really nervous for, and going into this final stretch is absolutely a Mavericks game. And it's because, one, it's a pretty far road trip for to be playing this, this game. And also, the Mavericks don't do well where you can exploit the Wizards. If you exploit this Wizards team, you got to exploit them on the inside. You got to score in points in the paint. Well, the Mavericks are one of the worst teams in the NBA is scoring in points in the paint. So that is concerning, and especially because Washington has been a great three-point defending team all season, even as recently as the past five games where they are actually defending fourth best in the NBA, holding teams to under 31% from the – no, 31 point – so holding them to 31.1% from the three-point line. I think scoring is going to be at a premium here. So I am on the under for this game, but I will also take the eight and a half. And I'm just going to hope Dallas wins by like three or four. <laughs> but this, this is the game that if I lose this under, and so here's the, the roaring thing. Everybody knows I have under 33 and a half for Washington for the season. And it looked terrible in the beginning of the season, and then I looked like a fucking genius towards the end of the season, and now here we are sweating. But this is what I asked for. I wanted to sweat it out, and I wanted to sweat it out with one win left. I wanted to win this by half a game. So here we go. We'll see what they do. I may have a little bit of a hedge here in taking Washington money line because this is a really juicy money line, and I think Washington is actually really in this game. Oh, I'm hoping you do a rollover parlay. Whatever you win on this game, you just roll it over for the next one because you're looking at a six-teamer right now if you're going to lose this. this uh, yeah. I mean, you're looking at a potential spot here where you can just parlay uh, Wizards. Just and Actually, no, that wouldn't actually work. Never mind. I was, I was messing up the math on that. Sorry. Either way. In my bad. Either way, I am going to be tuned into this game, just say the least. All right, anything else for this one? Anybody got any nuggets? Oh, Luca, of course. I mean, the mm. thing about Dallas is that when it comes to scoring depth, they don't really have much of it. I know Luca has been going nuclear for the last couple of weeks. So if you think Luca can get you 30, 35, I don't mind Dallas to win and Luca 30 plus points, probably somewhere mm-hmm. in the plus 130 range, 150 range, maybe. I don't mind that because I think that if Dallas is going to win, 
Luca needs a massive performance just because nobody else has really been stepping up recently. I know Brunson's had moments during the season, been a bit mm-hmm. streaky, so to speak. Dimwitty had the couple game winners. He's been a bit quiet recently as well. It seems like Luca, if Dallas is going to win, probably going for 30 plus. So I don't mind a same game parlay boost right there if you have to mention a potential plus money play. All right. Let's move on. We have the Toronto Raptors traveling to Orlando to play the Orlando Magic. They're laying 11, 216 and a half on the total. Let's look up the injury report for the Orlando Magic. And we have Wendell Carter, who is out for this game. We have Jalen Suggs, who is also out for this game. Then scroll down for the Toronto Raptors. And nothing really significant. Malkoff on still out. All right. Is anybody laying 11 with Toronto here? I am. You are? Okay. I think Orlando's actively tanking. We're at the point where Wendell Carter was their, their best player for the entire season. Yep. He's indirectly, unofficially out for the year. They're not going to bring him back with a couple games to go. I think his season's over. And you're looking at how they've handled the fourth quarter of some of these games, like against Washington last game out, they basically just ran the bench squad for the entire fourth quarter. This team is not actively trying to win games. So when you're talking about motivation, which is a classic cliche down the stretch, Toronto's been playing really well. They're trying to stay in the five seed, and they're trying to stay out of the play-in, most importantly. Orlando seems like they're actively trying to lose games late. So I'm actually going to go with Toronto because I know for motivation – Toronto has every incentive to throw everything at Orlando while Orlando's going to let the young kids play and probably get their ass kicked. So for me, I'm actually going with Toronto here. If Carter was playing, I would probably take Orlando, but he's not, so I'm going to go with Toronto. Dan, what are you doing? Um, I, I lean towards Scott here. Orlando did cover both of these games earlier this year, eight and a half and nine and a half points. Toronto has been known to play down the competition and blow games. They play up to the good ones and play down to the awful ones with what we saw, um, last game from Orlando, the fact that they're just pulling starters at the fourth quarter. Like mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's just a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother version of tanking, right? Like you have zero interest in the winning game. So I, I lean with Scott here. I would lay the points with Toronto. The fact that they've covered against them both times with a Wendell Carter not playing. Mo Bamba's been playing like shit. Um, I think they give some more young boys some run here, see what they have in their roster. And right now you got Toronto. I mean, they got a nice little – they have a nice little chance to sneak into this five spot here. Um, they're right behind the Bulls, a half game behind the Bulls. So, um I think that that would be an, an ideal matchup for them if they can get into that 4-5 seed. They might actually have a chance here um, to potentially get out of the first round. I mean, they do have a super tight rotation, but and Nick Nurse is obviously running them into the ground, Tom Thibodeau style, but um, they've been playing really well over the last uh, 10 games going 8-2. and two. So I think this is the right time for Toronto to turn it up and uh, keep the foot on the gas. The injury report looks good. Fred Van Vliet's in. OG Ananobi's back, balling, so... Yeah, I like the Toronto Raptors here. So the numbers that I'm going to throw out here for Toronto is they are 9-3 and three as a favorite on the road. And just on the road period, they are 24-14-1 against the spread. They're actually one of the better road teams against the spread in the whole NBA. And 
this is absolutely a spot where they just need to go and basically embarrass this Orlando Magic team. This should this should be on the schedule as an easy win. This they should not look past this team at all and absolutely understand that at the where they're at in the season and where every game matters that they got to put away these bad teams early and they got to put them down and like Lassie behind the shed with the shotgun and just take them out. And so I'm here. I'm fine with it. Lay the 11. It's a big number. And it's a lot of big numbers where you should be actually looking at a few dogs tonight because you could probably get some real value on the money line because I'm positive there's going to be at least two, maybe three that can come out here and get money line wins today and be, it really help your bankroll. But I'm, I'm not interested in the match today. I think that this is a spot where Toronto just has to put them down. So I'm with you, all three of us on Toronto today. Moving on to the – well, anything else? Anybody got anything else on this one? I'm worried about a blowout, but I am considering Siakam just because Mm -hmm. the fact that Wendell Carter is a very good rim protector. I know they still got Bamba, but Siakam has been going nuts. (laughs) He's just been popping off for the last month or so. I don't mind Siakam potentially going for 30. Maybe look at Siakam rebounds because Orlando will be one big man short for this game. But for the most part, if you want to go for Toronto and you think this line's too big, maybe wait for an in-game because Orlando is pulling everybody for the fourth quarter. I am interested in Fred Van Fleet assist. I think that that's something he can he can exploit tonight as he kind of gets that that offense going. They're only listed at five and a half, and that just feels criminally low for him, especially playing against a team with a terrible defense. And if they can, if he can just go ahead and start getting that offense going and hitting guys like Gary Trent or Scotty Barnes and stuff like that. I think that it can be a really, really, really interesting spot for him. So five and a half may be criminally too low for him in this game. All right. We have the Indiana Pacers on the road to TD Garden to play the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are laying 14 and a half, 226 on the total. Looking at the injury report here for the Boston Celtics. And it's just Robert Williams, as we know, who is out for the rest of the season with that meniscus injury for the Indiana Pacers. Chris Duarte is out. Malcolm Brogdon is questionable. Isaiah Jackson is <laughs> He's pretty much out. Anytime yeah. Brogdon's questionable, he's out. <laughs> it says rest, so he may, he may play. We don't know. You're pretty right on there. Uh, Isaiah Jackson is questionable. O'Shea Brissett is questionable. Uh, Goga is questionable. That's about it. So a lot of uncertainties for Indiana. More certainties for Boston is probably why this number is all the way up at 14 and a half. I mean, I'm not laying 14 and a half with Boston. So no way. Uh, I, it, it, I'm, I'm just not. I don't trust Boston at all. And there's – there's always spots, especially spots like this game, where they just sit here and you're like, they should honestly run through this team by 2025 today. They really should. But because that is such the easy answer, because that is always how people can interpret this Boston team and then they absolutely fold, especially these numbers or in these lines where they're big favorites like this, it's just the best time to fade them. It's the best time to fade them. At the end of the day, Indiana can score. They find ways to put the ball in the basket. They find ways to keep up with teams. Sometimes the other team just pulls away too much and they get blown the fuck out. Other times they're playing, they're scoring 120 with a team. So 
I'm absolutely not touching Boston at all. I'll take the 14 and a half with Indiana. I like the team total over for Boston. I mean, Indiana's given up 130 pretty much every game for the last week and change. They can't guard anybody. Pretty much. So pretty I, much I don't much. mind if you want to go for the for Boston. I'll just ignore the actual spread. Just give me the team total. I know it was 118 and a half last night. I actually grabbed it. I think it's up to 120 and a half right now. But when you're just handing out 125, 130 to everybody, and Boston had that awful offensive game against Miami, because Miami's a great defensive team, it does seem like a good bounce back spot for Boston's offense. Plus, Indiana goes up tempo. They're not trying to win, but I guess they're trying to sell tickets because there's a lot of points. It's entertaining games. They get their ass kicked every time. But I'm going with Boston team total over. I just expect Boston to walk into 125. Yeah, I'm, I like that. I'm on over as well. I think that this is – Boston's been one of the best offensive teams in the league for a good majority of the season, and Indiana's not no scrubbing, finds ways to put the ball in the basket. I think that this can be a fun game. It just it feels like 226 is kind of low for this one, actually. That's, There's that's no way that I can, I can take an under with Indiana. That just can't happen. Dan, anything else for this game? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the uh, Boston Celtics first quarter – Minus five and a half seems like a pretty, uh, I guess, given the script that you guys are expecting, like a lot of points to be scored, Boston to, you know, put up potentially 120 plus. Um, I think they're going to get out pretty quickly here after coming off an L. Um, they're five and oh in their last five first quarter against the spread. Five and a half is a bit rich, but I don't know who is playing defense for Indiana at this point. And uh, on their perimeter, I mean, they'd have nobody that are going to stop Tatum from getting to a bucket. Or Jason Tatum, and I think, you know, Marcus Smart can do a good job at containing Tyrese Halliburton if he needs to. You know, I don't think Brogdon really changes the script that much. So, um, I like Boston here, minus five and a half first quarter. All right. I don't have anything else here for this one. Let's move on to what could either be a really fun game or actually extremely disappointing. Like, extremely, extremely disappointing. But the Los Angeles Clippers are going to play Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is laying seven and a half, 226 on the total. We're just going to fly blind with the injury report because both of these teams played last night where Milwaukee came back and won, and the Clippers blew a lead and lost. There's some numbers that interest me on the Milwaukee side of thing, on this side of things, and it's just the fact that they have been so bad against the spread at home this season. Like, it's criminally bad. Really, really bad. They're 16-22 and 22 against the spread at home, 14-20 and 20 as a favorite. And we've kind of been talking about this all season and how they look at home compared to how they look on the road. And now they're in a spot where they just went to war with the Nets the night before. Both of these teams played an overtime game, which is hilarious. Both of these teams played an overtime game, which I say it could be really bad, good or really, really fucking bad. I personally am not touching Milwaukee laying seven and a half at home with their history of how they play games at home and the fact that this is a potentially a letdown spot for them and a get-up spot for the Clippers. I'm nervous for the Clippers that they probably won't be playing with Paul George. I mean, he could be fine and be – like, no, I'm playing on a back-to-back. Even if we play, I don't care. So that could absolutely happen. But even if he doesn't play, over the past few weeks, we've seen guys missing their top guys and actually still go out there and 
have a really, really good game. So I may not be too worried about that. I think I'm just going to blindly take the Clippers seven and a half here. Dan, what are you doing? I'm taking the Clippers. Uh, I saw this line drop last night at eight and a half. I grabbed it there. So I would still play this to seven and a half. I probably played as low as six and a half, mainly because of what you just said, man, like coming off of uh, an overtime game, the Clippers, they're pretty much showing themselves as a horrible team in the first half. Um, I mean, actually, they, they got they got together against the Utah Jazz once Paul George went off in the third quarter. But, like, can they do that every game? Like, I feel like we're going to have to see Paul George, Paul George play hero ball for much of this game, too. Um, and with Giannis going, going off last night uh, to will out that victory over Brooklyn, there's going to be some tired legs out there. So I also look at – I'm also looking at the under in this game. Um, I guess tired legs could also associate to, you know, more scoring, no one playing any defense. But I feel like the Clippers kind of need this game a little bit more than the Bucks do. Um, 226, you know, the Clippers can lock down. They're one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. They don't really have an answer for Giannis, but who really does at this point? Chris Milton might be a little bit pissed off, but I really like the wing defense of the Clippers with Paul George in that lineup. They got Nick Batum. They got Robert Covington, who's not giving him the best minutes, but he's still a defensive uh, presence out there. Um, I think the Clippers actually match up pretty well against this team. And, you know, if this was full strength, less Kawhi Leonard, six, seven and a half points still seems like a lot to me from against a, 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 a Milwaukee team that, to your point, has been suspect at home and has been known to take games off. So um, I like the Clippers here. Scott? I like the Clippers, too. We're talking about Paul George maybe not playing. Are we sure Giannis is going to play? I know that he was technically on the injury report leading up to the Nets game. Everyone knew he was going to play, but the point is he was still on the report. Ended up playing a bunch of minutes. Game went to overtime. He played 39 minutes at 44-14-6. and six. So when we're talking about if Paul George is going to play or not, of course, that's a lot. That a lot, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he just came back from injury. But are we sure Milwaukee's actually going to play him after 39 minutes where he was slightly banged up going into yesterday? I'm not sure. So I feel like a lot of people are talking about Paul George. I'm still not sure Giannis is going to play. So because I'm factoring that in and that possibility, it's Clippers or pass for me. All right. I like that. Anything else on the game? Then let's good. move on. Let's move on to my favorite game of the slate. We have the Detroit Pistons playing the OKC Thunder. They are in OKC for this game. Pistons are laying five, 221 on the total. Let's go glance at an injury report here and see. Whoa, where'd it go? Why, why bother for OKC? You know who's, who's not playing for this. Yeah, it's basically. Yeah, I mean, I can't really tell you too much. Just go off of. Last night for the Pistons and OKC is basically nobody. And everybody that you don't know is probably playing in this game. So, <laughs> Exactly. With that being said, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because, look, we're going to talk about the Pistons' last 20 games. And poor, you know, on me and Scott because we were on Philly last night and – you know, I was trying to get cute. I understood what the assignment was, and I'm going to follow the assignment tonight. Over the last 20 games, the Pistons are 18-2 and two against the spread. First of all, that is an incredible run. That is an amazing run. Yeah. And 
so they're 18 and two against the spread during that span as an underdog they are 18 and 0 as a favorite they are 0 and 2 I'm just going to follow the formula. It's laid out in front of me. It's literally laid out in front of me. It's laid out there. I'm just going to take the Thunder plus five. I'm just going to take the Thunder plus five. They, no matter how well the Pistons are playing right now, they should not be favored in games. They, they are incapable of doing that. No matter what happens, no matter who it is, no matter how bad the other team are, they are incapable of being favored in games. So just don't do it. Just don't do it. And it's that easy. This feel, matter of fact, I'm going to lock up OKC plus five against the Pistons. Is that, is that easy for me? I'm not, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I don't care who's playing for OKC because at the end of the day, these guys just go out there. They literally just go out there and play ball because they have nothing to worry about because this possibly could be their only season in the NBA. So they're just going to go out there and just hoop for a lot of them. So I'm not worried. Not worried at all. I'm just going to fade the Pistons as a favorite. I'm not laying five points in the Pistons. So that's a, that's a lock for me. OKC plus five. Scott, what are you doing? For this one, Detroit screwed me last Friday. I tried to take them as a favorite against Washington, and they kicked my ass. As for the actual performance by Detroit recently, they've been better. Oklahoma City beat Portland, who was missing arguably more people than Oklahoma City. So shout out to Portland for finding a way to do that. Uh, lost to Atlanta. You know, everyone expected them to get buried. Lost to Denver. Covered. So they kept that game close. But... Uh, I mean, on paper, Detroit's the much better team. They're on a back-to-back, though, with travel. And Oklahoma City, as you said, really has nothing to lose. I'm assuming the public's all over Detroit here. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma City. I don't know why anybody in the public would be betting on Oklahoma City. I mean, there's no – who is running to the – who is running to the ticket booth with their money in hand, their hard-earned dollars – their hard-earned dollars to run to the ticket booth and say, put this on OKC right now. My clients, that's who, because I'm telling them to bet OKC. <laughs> this, 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 this is why we're D-Gen Nation, right? I mean, Scott nailed it. 56% of the money is on the, uh, is on the Pistons. Uh, it actually just went to 54, but only 18% of the money is on the Thunder. So, yeah, I'm uh, – You mean, you I'm mean going, the bets, right? Uh, the money, the money. Okay. No, no. He, he, he meant the bets. Yeah, he meant the bets. You, so said 50, yeah. you said 56% of the money is on the... Is of oh, the, sorry. Yeah, 50, 54% of the bets is on the Pistons. 18% of the money is on the Thunder. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to put my money on the Thunder here. Much like you said, Rel, follow the trends. And uh, if you look at Detroit over the course of the season, they've only been a favorite five times, and they uh, cover the spread two out of those three games. So... um. The Thunder, they got a bunch of no-name people, but they're at least playing hard at this point on the back-to-back and traveling, as Scott said. I think that that's a, a spot to fade them. And as hot as they've been, one of the best teams in basketball covering against the spread, um, there's always those times where you just play down the competition. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a good game out of Alex Pokushevsky, little Teo Maladon. Um, I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm going to take the – I mean, might, might as well be bold here. Take a little sprinkle, a little thunder on the money line at plus 165. Um, yeah, I just don't have much faith in the Pistons. Like, these guys have the same record. Granted, they have been playing great over the last month, but uh, I think this is a letdown spot for sure. I can't lay with a team that's 8-30 and 30 on the road straight up. I just, <laughs> I just can't do it. And it's so crazy because 
the Thunder are so bad at home, so bad. But ATS wise, they're still one of the best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's like two. It's two terrible, two horrible, here. horrible, horrible game teams. But this game is, and that means that the game's absolutely going to go over because both of them aren't going to be able to miss. Yeah, one hundred percent. What's going to happen? Neither team is going to be able to miss, and this game is going to go way, way over. What's the total? Right. Two twenty one. Yep. Yeah, two twenty one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like feels I, like I, could buy, I would I take the first half over. total. I would, yeah. I would take the first half total. I think both these teams come out firing. All right. We have the Sacramento Kings playing the Houston Rockets in Houston. This is the second game of a two-game set for them where the Sacramento Kings took the first game. And they pushed this three. This line is back at three again for the Sacramento Kings. 234.5 on the total. Let's take a peek at the injury report here for the two teams for the Sacramento Kings. As you know, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis are out for the rest of the season. And for the Houston Rockets, we have – where did, are the Houston Rockets at? There you go. Alfred's, um, Alperin Sagoon is questionable for this game. He didn't play in the last game. And Dennis Schroeder is out. Eric Gordon out. Like they, Eric Gordon, Dennis Schroeder, and Christian Wood are all set down for the rest of the season. It should be. Partially because of the injury, probably more because they have a lot of young guys that they need to evaluate. So why would you play them? I mean, it's simple for me. I'm just going to take the Rockets in the, back, in the back-to-back game set. Um, they'll split. And the Rockets were very good in that first game. Probably should have came out with a win. I'm just going to take them in the second one. I'm with you. It's the same exact idea. I know, I know that I backed Houston on the second out of a, of a, of a two-game set there against Portland. The other week, but I mean, Portland's a different caliber. I mean, I mean, that's that was just an auto play for Houston because Portland's that bad. But you had a nail biter in the first game. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I believe had 32 with a triple double there, so he was definitely great in that game. Mm-hmm. Sacramento's winning a few too many games. They might have to sit down Davion Mitchell for the rest of the season because they're trying to tank and yet they keep winning. But for me, I'm looking at a spot where Houston at home. Almost pulled out the win the first time around. I think they're going to split. I do like the over in this game. I know there has been over money. It's a, it was one of the weirdest, uh, I'd say, final quarters of a game where they combined to put up 32 points in the fourth quarter and the game still landed 239, which I don't know if I've ever seen before. That's almost impossible. But I like the over. I expect a lot of points. These teams don't guard anybody, and the pace should be there. I think my favorite play on the game is the over, but I'm going with Houston because I do think at home for the second game of this two-game set, I think Houston finds a way. I just don't think Sacramento should be laying here. Pick them makes sense. That first game was a toss-up. I'm taking Houston. DC, what you like? Yeah, I think Scott's right in the fact that uh, there's just too many points being laid for Sacramento, a team that's not going to be featuring their best players either. Um, I think I give the slight talent advantage actually to the, the Rockets here. They did push last game. Uh, I do lean the over because these teams won't be playing a lot of defense, but I'll likely stay away from the spread because I don't trust either team. Um, Jalen Green could have an off night. Kevin Porter Jr. could easily have a bunch of turnovers in an off night. And uh, Davion Mitchell's been looking great. So I'd actually, I'm more interested in his player prop points and, and assists at 29 and a half. Bit rich, but I would play it. I don't know that I want to play it at 30 and a half, but there still are some 29 and a halfs in the market. 
Um, he's just been cooking, um, running that offense, scoring at least 20 in his last three. And he's getting at least like eight or nine dimes there too. So um, I think he's going to have another big game in a, in a up-tempo, high pace um, affair that we got lined up here. So yeah, really like Davion Mitchell in this matchup. I think the Rockets have to get – this game has to have better production from everyone else because that game was a lot of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and no one else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I just can only expect them to get more balanced production from everyone else and probably still a really good game from Jalen Green. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets blow the Kings out tonight. I'm not going to lie. All right. Let's move on. We have a battle of the top two teams in the West, which would be, you know, one of the more interesting games until you got to the injury report and saw who's actually playing in this game. So we have the Phoenix Suns laying seven and a half in Memphis, playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Total is sitting at 229 for the injury report. For, let's start with the Phoenix Suns because that one is a little less extensive. JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee is probable for this game. And Cameron Johnson is probable for this game. So they could have a full staff. Now, the fun part is when we look at Memphis. For Memphis, Tyus Jones is doubtful. Jaron Jackson Jr. is doubtful. Desmond Bain is doubtful. And Steven Adams is doubtful. And as we know, John Morant is still out. Seven and a half. I mean... That's the that's that's their starting five basically. <laughs> um, Dylan Brooks is the only one that is playing for that starting five all year for them. Is anybody touching the Memphis Grizzlies here? I'm taking Phoenix. Phoenix apparently is under the belief that resting or preparing for the playoffs is just an overrated experience because <laughs> they've clinched the one seed, they've clinched everything, they have the best record in the league. And yet they're still running out Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and everybody for 30-plus minutes a game. Whether they should, it's a separate story. But based on the fact that Phoenix somehow got even healthier, because Cam Johnson, who was really good before he got injured, and JaVale McGee are back, and Memphis is resting everybody, Memphis recognizes their destiny, which is a two-seed and a division title, because they already won that. So they have kind of just slowly embraced the fact that they are going to somewhat coast to the finish line. That's kind of the gist that I got from the actual announcement of all the injuries for this game. I'm taking Phoenix. Is Phoenix actually cares about these regular season games that don't really matter? And the fact that Phoenix is totally healthy and Memphis is missing four out of the five guys in the starting five, I think Phoenix runs them out of the gym. I think Phoenix wins this game by 15. Dan, you you feel the same sentiments? Um, I don't actually. Um, I'm actually gonna go with the points of seven and a half. Man, this line is fishy to me. Like, if you got four of your five starters and you're only laying seven and a half points, I don't care how good uh-huh. your defense is. Um, that that this line should be double digits. The fact that it's not tells me that I don't know. Maybe Phoenix is going. Phoenix has played down. I mean, when when Chris Paul was out, they had some some troubling. Um, I mean, they still won the games, but they had some troubling against the spread losses uh, when they shouldn't have. So um, Memphis is proven, man, without Ja. I don't know what they're going to look like without Steven Adams and, and Desmond Bain as well. But Tyus Jones is, is definitely straight. You know, he's, he's definitely can still facilitate the offense. We've seen um, 
even Concher and Brandon Clark be solid. Um, they have bodies, Zaire Williams. Um, I don't know. I think that this team could actually probably play pretty good defense. Their half-court offense has always been suspect. They don't shoot threes very well, but I don't know. I feel like they can kind of stick in front of Phoenix, and I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix probably, you know, maybe rest their players a little bit if we get later into the game. Um, so I think there's a backdoor cover opportunity here for Memphis at least to keep pace. Um, so I'll take the full game, seven and a half. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it could continue to go up being that there's so many people doubtful. So you could wait, you know, a little bit, a couple more hours potentially to get a better number, but I still think the Grizzlies have proven and shout to Taylor Jenkins, who doesn't get enough respect. He should hundred percent be coach of the year um, for what he's done to this Grizzlies team and how he's oh, rallied them shit. up. Sorry, Scott already cast his ticket. He's good. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to complain if he, if he believes in what he said. My guy's going to win the award. I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Monty's definitely getting the award, 100%. But Taylor Jenkins has done way more than uh, Monty Williams this year. And it's not even close. I think the one hesitation I'll have with the Suns potentially resting guys, why did they go all out against the Warriors? I know they didn't play well in the game and they won anyway, but why bother? Like, so that's that why one, I, that's why I don't think he's going to rest deep. guys because yeah, I think that's through. a little bit deeper though because like I mean clearly Jay Crowder and Draymond like they they go at it right like I feel okay. like the Warriors have been one of those teams that's been dominating the Western Conference for so long that that's a respect factor like I don't know if Memphis has earned that respect yet you know okay. what I'm saying like they haven't won anything yet and well I think that they could um, I don't know that Phoenix really views them in the same light as a even a, a, a Golden State light right like Steph obviously yeah. wasn't playing. But, I'm kind of looking at it that Phoenix shot so terribly from the floor against Golden State that just by law of averages, I'm assuming they're going to shoot a lot better from three in this game. That's and fair. Memphis, yeah. I don't know if the players are injured or they're still hung over from celebrating in San Antonio that they won the division title, but mm-hmm. Phoenix is just a machine. I think they'll they're win this machine. game handily. So the reason that they went so hard against the Warriors was because they were chasing history in that game. That 62 made them the winningest winningest. Suns team in history, so they just are they officially number one or are they tied? Yeah, no, no, they're number one. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first. Yeah, the last team was six. I thought they were tied. So okay, never mind. Is it? Is it? Are those season one six? Okay, no, no, it is. Okay, it is tied. It is tied. They're tied. That, yeah, so that, this game yeah, technically Barkley, does matter because they could set the. Yeah, record. so it does. So I mean, hey, they could actually go out here and try to run these guys yeah. out the gym. I don't know. That seven and a half is really fishy to me too. I think this would be in double digits if you told me all those guys was out. So I'll take Memphis. Blindly, player prop wise, I I would push all my chips in on Zaire Williams. I would just push all my chips in on Zaire Williams and just sit here and say that Zaire Williams is going to have an amazing game and he's just going to go out there. Dylan Brooks is going to be running the offense, and the reason Dylan Brooks is playing is because he hasn't really played for a majority of the season. So I think that this is an opportunity for Zaire Williams. Dylan Brooks played with him, be able to get him to his spot, get him feeling comfortable in the game. And Zaire Williams just to have fun and go out there and ball. So that's another reason why I'm on this seven and a half because I think Zaire Williams could be in 20, 25 plus territory tonight because this the kid can really play. Like he can really buy some nice numbers on that. Yeah, I think probably. For, I think for props, I'm looking at Memphis's big men, uh, either Tillman or Clark potentially for a double double because with Adams being out, they really just don't have many other guys. And Adams is so good at rebounding. That he definitely, I don't want to say hogs numbers away from his teammates, but without him in the lineup, I think Clark should do a lot better on the glass. And because they're benching so many guys, Clark might get a season-high 30-something minutes tonight. I don't mind a double-double there. It's kind of like the Moses Brown theory from yesterday with Cleveland. 
I know yep. his double-double was around plus 450, which I actually cashed yep. yesterday. But when you're missing so many guys in a specific area, no Jaron Jackson, no Steven Adams, and you need other guys to step up, you know Memphis is just going to give them the full green light to play as many minutes as they want. I think that the double-double prices for Tillman and for Clark are undervalued. So, I don't know. I just feel like Phoenix Moneyline is going to be one of the most popular, like, you know. It just seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. People people are going to like it. Just go play all those, you know, lay. It's minus 295. That's going to be one of the most popular parlay pieces today. And like I said, we've seen seen these games where people just not played their stars and – just one game, just found ways to one game, especially as of late. So we'll see what they do. All right. Let's, we're moving along here. Oh, crap. Wait, I, I lost my screen. What's the next game? Oh, there we go. Of course, that's why I lost it, because this game doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to one team. We have the Portland Trailblazers on the road in San Antonio playing San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are laying 15. 231 on the total for the San Antonio Spurs, their injury report. We have, where'd you go? There you go. Romeo Langford out. Base stop is questionable. And Doug McDermott, ankle sprain out for the rest of the season. If you They're 31 and 45, and they're laying 15 points. So, but the reason they're laying 15 points, because... And it's just funny. I don't think we've actually said this list in a couple of weeks, so I'm just going to go ahead and just say the list. Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Burkage, Trenton Watford, Damian Lillard, Joe Ingles, Cody Zeller, Nazir Little are out. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good. Hey, man. I'm not laying 15 with fucking the San Antonio, the melatonin basketball team. I'm not laying 15 with them. I don't care. And I'm actually they're play, so they're about to play a two game set. And I'm actually hard pressed to say that I actually think that Portland will steal one of these games because it just seems like such a no brainer. It just seems like such a no brainer that the Spurs win these two games. I've actually watched it on on a network earlier, and they were talking about how the Lakers had to worry about the Spurs because the Spurs were going to absolutely win the two games against the the Trailblazers coming up and even further cement themselves into that 10-seed spot. (laughs) I've just seen this team fold. I've seen the Portland Trailblazers go on the road and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. (laughs) This same Portland Trailblazers squad that had nobody, they've gone on the road and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They've gone on the road and beat who, beat who else did they beat? It was somebody else that they beat that was, like, really wild. And we were like, what? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, they that was the road one. to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Yeah. So are you telling me that it's completely out of, out of the realm of possibility for, one, them, because they're probably going to be laying around 15. If they win this game, they'll drop it. But they'll probably be laying around 15 again tomorrow. I'm just going to bet the Trailblazers in both games because I'm almost positive I'm going to win one. It, it, it just feels like this Spurs team is going to drop one of these games. They're going to fold. They should be 2-0 in these games. It's going to be some type of narrative that keeps the Lakers in 
hopes that they get this last playoff game, this playoff seed, well, not even a playoff seed, but this last playing game seed. And I'm almost positive the Spurs are just going to nerf up, and it's 100% easy to look past the Portland Trailblazers. So, yeah, I'm going to take Trailblazers. One, I'm not laying 15. Two, sprinkle on the money line, because I'm almost positive they're going to win one of these two games. I think they might win one of two, but I'm going to pick the second one, if any. I think the Spurs kill them tonight. If you're looking at the two meetings so far this season, uh, it has not been pretty for Portland. Uh, To go through the first two meetings, San Antonio won the first one by 31, won the second one by 37. So they have been absolutely just burying Portland this season. But I'm sure they're looking over at Los Angeles and they see that LeBron and AD are coming back tonight. So I think that San Antonio will be fully motivated for this game because of the fact that with LeBron and AD coming back, San Antonio kind of controls its destiny with how easy its schedule is for the rest of the season, while the Lakers have a bit of a gauntlet to end. But the fact that LeBron and AD are coming back, I don't think San Antonio is looking ahead. I don't think they're looking through Portland. I think they're just going to bury Portland. I think San Antonio wins by 30. But mostly because I have to assume Popovich and company are keeping an eye on that Lakers injury report. And with LeBron and AD coming back, I think San Antonio is fully focused for this game. Give me San Antonio in a route. You just laid 15 with San Antonio. I'm going to do it. I'm also rooting really hard for San Antonio. Like, I'm rooting insanely hard because I really want to laugh at the Lakers for missing the plan. So So I'm biased. the Lakers. But (laughs) I do think the injury report for the Lakers actually matters because I think the Spurs will not take anything for granted. Okay. And Dan, what are you doing? Yeah, I think uh, I don't know that I, I can't I can't lay 15 points with this with the San Antonio Spurs, but I do think that the Spurs are going to win both of these games because they're going to go for the playoffs. I don't think there's a chance that LeBron or AD miss tonight's game against the Pelicans because it's so important for their playoff opportunity here. If they lose this game. Uh, I think that that's where we'll see the Lakers finally mailed in. I mean, we'll probably talk about that in a few. But um, well, LeBron's got to play like three more games to qualify for exactly. the scoring title. Yeah, so exactly. That's 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 the only that's the only thing he has to play for at this point. If they lose tonight, he's going to play two more games, and he's shutting it down with a an ankle injury, whatever it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the San Antonio Spurs are just better, and they're you know tied with the Lakers right now, so they have more motivation to actually get up for this game. Whereas Portland. You know, they're just playing for lottery balls at this point. And you let, you ran off the list of the injury report. As much as I would like to give faith in people like C.J. Ellaby and Brandon Williams, can't do it. Just can't do it. Um, I'm going to go with De- DeJounte Murray over 24.5 points here. Dropped 30 th- over 30 in his last two. He already went over this. Um, he had 29 against them last game. Um yeah, I think DeJounte is just going to lead them and Willem to victory here. Keldon Johnson will also probably have a really good game. Um, those are the two guys that I like from this. Can't I like trust DeJounte triple-double, personally. Ooh, yeah. Wouldn't be, that's definitely better odds, for sure. He's going to have a hell man. of a game. Come on, Portland. You guys got to have some pride, man. You can't, you can't get they, you Oh, They definitely have pride. Rooting? They have a shit ton of pride. Are you not they rooting gotta... for the Spurs to make the play-in over the Lakers? Because that's a hell of an underdog story. I'm in for it. I mean, how many people bet that uh, the Spurs win total over of like what was it twenty nine and a half this year? Like I think super it was low lower. Pair. Was it lower than that? Damn! I want to say it was like twenty six and a half, maybe like twenty seven and a half. I actually want to look that up, but 
I want to say it was in like the mid to slightly low twenties, but I got it. Yeah, I know it was under up. thirty for sure. Um, so shouts to Pop for figuring out how to get them to uh, this spot, man. And especially after trading Derek White, like Dejounte like, Murray, by the way, easy top twenty in the league. Oh, yeah, it out there. And shout out to the Lakers for being so bad and so terrible. It's really, really bad. <laughs> All right, you guys are. Well, Dan's kind of split. He's got the he's got I can't the take the points, winning the game. Really, this is Bill and Rell at his finest here. Points. Back in yeah. back in the Portland Trailblazers. But they lost to this team by thirty <laughs> both Twice. games. Twice. Lost thirty by both games. And they had better personnel. They had better uh. personnel than this. And they lost by thirty both times. They're just gonna some they're somehow gonna win this game. Well, maybe not this one, but at least one of the two. <laughs> but this one's plus nine hundred. So I can't not play it. I can't not play that. Especially if I think there's a chance that Portland they've gone on road and they've gone on road in one games before. They can do it. They can do it. All right. You got anything on that win total before we move on to the next one? Uh no, I was waiting for it to load, but Google's not oh, cooperating all good. for me. Doesn't matter. We have my boys, my guys, the Minnesota Timberwolves oh, going to the Mile High City to play the Denver Nuggets. It's Our news dropped. Oh, breaking news. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron just tweeted, I'm out for the season officially. See y'all in the fall. I don't know Dang, if that's April really? Fool's or not. Definitely April oh, Fool's. It's it might be. be April Fool's. No, Brian would never do nonsense. that. Yeah, would never do that. So. And that was such an April Fool's joke. Definitely That was, was so easy. That, that is an April Fool's joke. He wants that scoring title for sure. I bet you <laughs> maybe that's why the Lakers line flipped like that. You know it's an extra <laughs> April yet? Fool's joke. Because he said see you in the fall, which would imply his team has no chance of making the playoffs. So I'm assuming that's an April fool. <laughs> it's just funny yeah. as shit. <laughs> yeah, that's funny as that. All right, whatever. We're on to Minnesota and Denver. Playing in Denver where Minnesota can make a little bit of a run to get out of the playing game if they win this game. I'm currently seeing them. Denver's laying two and a half, 242 and a half on the total. Let's find an injury report for these two teams. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, Jaden McDaniels is, is out, and Malik Beasley is out for the Denver Nuggets. Can we say, by the way, that Minnesota is like in the middle of an implosion, or is it too safe? To, is it too early to say that? Is it a D. Russell implosion? Because I feel like he's the one that's really Could be. I'm just right saying now. when you're trying to stay out of a playing game and you lose four or five, it's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, slightly. It's been a tough competition, playing the Mavericks twice, the Suns, the Raptors, the Celtics. It hasn't been easy, don't get me wrong, but Real quick, losing four or five report. here, it's a little bit concerned. That's Real quick, finish stretch. up the injury report. Jamichael Green is questionable for this game for the Denver Nuggets. Mike Porter Jr. is still out. Jamal Murray is still out. All right, back to talking about the game and the questionability of the Timberwolves. Yeah, they definitely have uh, folded away a great opportunity with the Nuggets and the Jazz sliding. I, I 100% agree with that, and I'm disappointed in my boys, my team, for doing that to me. But I think this is a spot because Denver is really bad at home as a favorite. I actually don't. I actually have made a lot of money just fading them as a favorite at home. And it feels like if they're going to wake up, they're going to wake up for this team here. So they lost the last two against Eastern Conference foes, the Raptors and the Celtics. And I kind of get it a little bit. But 
they have a chance here to not only get a win, but to feed a loss to the Denver Nuggets and then also make this push for the last four games that they have coming up on their schedule and trying to see if they can find their way out of the play-in because they have the Rockets, the Wizards, the Spurs, and the Bulls on the road. So that's essentially four bad teams. I think that there that is op- ample opportunity for them to win four straight and put themselves in a really good position, but they have to win this game here tonight or they can just go ahead and seal their fate and lock it in. So I'm on the Timberwolves here. I think the Timberwolves are going to show some grit tonight. You guys know that Cat is my guy. Cat's been having a great season, and Jokic doesn't apply any type of pressure defensively at all. So I think Cat's going to have an amazing game here. It's the question that you know was alluded to earlier is, what is D'Angelo Russell going to give you? Is D'Angelo Russell going to be a hindrance to this team, or is he going to aid this team, or is he just going to keep them afloat? And that's pretty much where it's at. Uh, hopefully this slump, Anthony Edwards went through this slump with this team for a little while, and they regressed for it. And now D'Lo's in a little bit of a slump. So hopefully these guys get it going for, towards the end of the season. I find this total extremely confusing to me. I understand that both teams offensively have a lot of talent, and Denver's been playing some high-scoring games recently. But we saw this with the Nets-Bucks game yesterday. Totals in the 240s, and we were expecting playoff-type atmosphere, totals too high. I got to assume it's a similar story in this game, because both these teams need this win. I think this total's too high. I understand that you might think Minnesota's going to force some up-tempo play and everything like that, but with teams that need to win games, you tend to see a bit more of a grind. I got to like the under here, don't I? This is a must-win game for both teams. In my eyes. Yeah, this is a playoff game. I think that this is going to have playoff basketball atmosphere. And for so playoff 100%. atmosphere, I'm not assuming you're going to see 240-plus points. I like the under. Yeah. Damn. What you like in this one? I'm going to take Denver here. Um, I've been taking Minnesota in this slide, man. It's been a rough ride, and I just can't – I can't trust them right now, and it's – I don't know. I, I think the best player on the court is clearly Nikola Jokic. He's proven it. I think he continues to put the foot on the gas. He's got his team playing better, even though they've been sliding a little bit. They haven't been sliding as fast as the the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're just they're a more um, battle tested team. This game certainly matters and has somewhat of playoff implications. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you know they could, based on the seeding and how the play in tournament goes, you know these guys could see each other later down the line. But um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Denver pretty much already controls their destiny right now. They're pretty much teetering with the uh, the Utah Jazz, so it's not like they don't need this game. You know, if they can get into that five seed, um, you know, potentially, you know, they'll have a matchup against, I don't know, potentially either the Warriors or the Mavericks. I, I don't know if that's better or worse, but um, I, I don't think that they're going to want to lose this game here. Um, yeah, I, just, uh, I think it's a little short, actually. Um now, I don't think that the Timberwolves have proven lately that they're worth, you know, um, any more than, than three points. So the way Denver, I got to back the MVP and Joker in the Joker. Um, I am also going to take a D'Angelo Russell player prop under. I'm going to take under 16 and a half points. He's, He's done in two of, his, two of his last 10. This dude's just in a shooting slump. And uh, Chris Finch came out and started talking about, hey, I think D'Lo just needs to find himself in more pick-and-roll opportunities. And then D'Lo was like, I don't really drive, so I don't know like what kind of answer that is, but that's not really a ringing endorsement of someone that wants to uh, get out of their shooting slump. He's just going to shoot his way out. But 
Um, against a Denver team, I mean, I know they got length on the perimeter. I, I could see them definitely disrupting D'Lo a little bit. Um, and his minutes were down last game. So, um, yeah, I think that Minnesota's in a bit of a slump here. I think it continues to ride. I'm, I'm going to go with the home team, go with Denver. I think they break their little uh, home stretch disappointment that uh, Rel was talking about. All right. Anything else for this one before we get into the trash game of the night? Do you have any thoughts on the total, Dan? I agree with you. It's, I, I think the under is certainly attractive, just given uh, how much Minnesota needs this. They've been playing, you know, outside of this last, like, five games that they've had, they've been one of the better teams in the post-All-Star break, so they can play defense. Um, so I see this one being a little bit more scrappy than we would normally expect. I mean, I'm looking at Denver's games recently. They had the huge track meet game against the Suns, the huge one against Indiana, but Indiana doesn't guard anybody. No, no. The thing is, if you have a total in the 240s, people might think in today's NBA, you know, that's not that much, but you have to remember that's more than 60 points per quarter. And if you're, spe- <laughs> yeah. if you're expecting a fourth quarter in a playoff-type atmosphere where it should be an absolute war in the half court, one bad quarter is going to kill you. So I'm looking at the under. We saw this last night. We saw this last night with the Nets and the the Bucks, and they went to overtime and still didn't get there. Still went under, yeah. Yeah, still went under. So 100%. I'm on under here. That's actually one of my favorite plays today. Okay. Let's talk about some bad basketball. We have the New Orleans Pelicans going to play the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pelicans are currently laying minus two, and it's 230.5 on the total. For the New Orleans Pelicans injury report, clean. Nothing, nothing of note. For the Lakers, this is the return of Anthony Davis. He plans to return in this game. Kendrick Nunn plans to return to his couch for this game. LeBron. Sounds like he's going to play. He could be April Foolsing us. He could not. This could have been an elaborate plan of him to drop this on April's Fool's Day, and everybody think it was a joke, but he was actually dead ass and 100% dead ass. So we'll could see. could go the opposite. He faked it just to drop 40 tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And so let me just Don't go ahead and believe him yet. Give... They, ha- they haven't adjusted the line yet. So. Oh, no, he's completely making it up. The see you in the yeah. fall is the absolute, like, automatic April Fool's Day. That literally yeah, means yeah. my team's not making the point. Yeah. So, I mean, how many times have we seen the Lakers in must-win games? Like, how many times have we sat here and said, this is a must-win game for Lakers? Like, they have to win this game right here. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, this, is literally, every time. this is literally a must-win game. And while AD and LeBron coming back is actually very tasteful and appeasing, I'm just going to fade them. This team sucks. They're bad. They're not good. I mean, the Pelicans suck too, but I made more money fading the Lakers than taking the Lakers. So I'm just going to fade them. And I'm just take, I really do think the Lakers have a pretty decent shot of winning this game. But I'm just going to fade them and take New Orleans because New Orleans has been kicking their ass all season. Just to ask, and, by the way, do you actually think New Orleans sucks? I, I, say, I, don't New Orleans, think, I don't think they're that New bad. New Orleans isn't that bad. No, yeah. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think New Orleans is actually good at all. I think they're actually just fool's gold and – Wow. It's the moment. I think it's I, I truly think it's the moment. And it's the moment of they got the big trade. 
they're going the same. I don't think New Orleans looks at well at all. Like I don't think they look good at all. I, I mean, I, I was against playing. the trade when they made it because I don't know what your ceiling is. Your ceiling is to get into the play-in game and then potentially get your ass kicked. I told you why round. they made the trade. They only made the trade because they know that they're getting rid of Zion Williamson next season, and he's not going to be a part of this team going forward. That's, and then the other the argument was you form a big three with McCollum, Ingram, and Zion for maybe half a year, and you see how that looks. And then maybe you flip somebody. But either way, yeah. yeah. The issue I have with this game, one way or another, is that even though the Pelicans covered both meetings, the Lakers were up 20 at half in the most recent meeting and then completely imploded. So the Lakers have had moments recently where they have looked okay against this team. Didn't last long. They fell apart in the second half. But even with LeBron and AD coming back, you know LeBron is rushing back from an ankle injury, not to mention all the injuries he's already had this season. AD, I'm not sure he can move, but he's potentially he's going to play in this game. I don't know if he can move or not. So I guess what I'm asking is, do you think having a, let's just say 50% LeBron, which I think is fair, 50%, maybe 60% health LeBron, and maybe an 80% Anthony Davis, probably less, maybe 70%, is that good enough to beat the Pelicans? Yes. I don't think yeah. so. I'm going to take the Pelicans. Ooh. I think, I, I, by the way, I fully think the Lakers are going to win this game. With this roster, point, I don't think that's good enough. I think I fully think the Lakers are going to win this game, but I just don't trust Lakers basketball at all, so I'm purposely just fading Lakers. The only reason that they got my bet yesterday is because even my distrust of the Lakers, I have an even stronger distrust for the Utah Jazz. Than the yeah, you won. And I did. I very much did. Thank you very much. Because the Jazz are absolutely horrible. But the Lakers are really, really bad, too. I just – I don't think – if we look at who the Pelicans have played in this stretch, they've beaten bad teams, and they've even gotten killed by decent teams, and then they've lost to playoff teams. I'm not really – I don't think the Pelicans are that good. I really don't. This – I think that if anything – if the Lakers win, it's the emotionalness of AD coming back because AD has been able to come back from these injuries and have really good games off the bat and not need time to adjust. So – if they win this game, it's going to be off the back of AD, and he sees that he's playing the Pelicans, and they got killed by the Pelicans twice. DT, what are you doing in this one? Uh, I'm back in the Lakers. I hate to do it. Lakers suck, but who are the best players on the court? Even a 50% LeBron. LeBron's always 50%. Like, the fact I, that I, he said, got a I set of- you up for that question, though, because you thought I was just going to say <laughs> Lakers, and I'm like, no, the supporting <laughs> cast is that bad. I'm going with the Pelicans anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I – I, I tend to agree. Like, I don't think the Pelicans are going to make waves in the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, I think that they've they definitely won the trade and they've been playing well um, over the second half of the season enough to get into the playoff contention. But, yeah, I, I'm not sold on them long term here. And I think I think LeBron does want to get into the playoffs and I think he does want that scoring title, whether he's playing on a bum ankle or not. Like, the fact that he gets AD back makes me feel a lot better about it. Like, even if AD can only go – you know, 20 minute, minute restriction. He still impacts the game. So uh, I'm going to take the points uh, with the the Lakers here, man. I think that they shouldn't anytime LeBron and AD are in the lineup against a team that's teakering on 500, like give me, give me, give me the talent all day. I know the Lakers have been awful in the first half and especially the first quarter recently, but if you want to go for a potential prop, I don't mind Lakers first half and Full game, so it's like the halftime money line and the full game money line combo. I'm not going to take it because I think the Pelicans are going to win. But 
I really don't believe the Lakers can afford a slow start and find a way to win this game. I think the only way they win is if they come out and punch them in the mouth because we've seen the Lakers, especially recently, if they come out and get buried in the first 12 to 18 minutes of this game, they are going to roll over. So I think the Lakers need a good first half if they want to win this game. Okay. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. They, they don't come back from games very often at all. No. Okay. While everybody gets their lock, dog, and Friday's parlay together, I'm going to talk about Stable Duel because there's only one sport that runs 365 days a year, and that is horse racing. And Stable Duel has everything you need to play DFS horse racing. Basically, look, I have an account. You can go out there. I'm playing today. So if you see, if you see my stables out there, really rails villains, we're going out there and we're cashing checks with the ponies. So basically what you do is you pick your horses, build your stable, and you can play against others and move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses. Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select. Build your best strategy. It's free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free weekly games that tracks all over the United States. Again, app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, and win. Russell brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Final Four is set, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Last two weeks, prop soccer have been making thousands of dollars buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you are buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you, when you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or you can resell your bet and lock in a profit at any time like Patrick from New York who sold his $1,000 35 to 1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on prop swap. Patrick got a six, uh, five, plus $5,000 return on his ticket and the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app. PropSwap has fantastic features such as filtering listed tickets based on the best value a free activity fee to stay in the know of all the big sales and red eye tickets for sale, a loyalty reward program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. And you'll get a free deposit match of up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Lock dog Friday's parlays. Scott, what do you have for us today? So I came into this podcast immediately thinking I was just going to do Celtics team total over and call it a day. However, I'm going to pivot a little bit. I'm actually going to go with the under in the Nuggets and Timberwolves game. I know there's been a lot of money on the over. I think it's been way too much money. But I do expect a playoff atmosphere between two teams that really need it. And we saw what happened with the Nets and the Bucks yesterday. We know the Nets defense with Kyrie is on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the NBA. And yet it still actually kind of did decently, at least for a portion of the game there, because of the slow pace and the actual atmosphere there late. I expect a close game between Minnesota and Denver. But 142.5, you can go through the meetings this season. Uh, the first two meetings, first one landed 184. 
Second one landed at 231. Third one landed 245. But Minnesota shot 49-plus percent from the floor, 42-plus percent from three, and you had 67 points in the fourth quarter. So you had a massive outlier fourth quarter which sent it over. 242.5 for a playoff atmosphere, I think it's way too high. I think this game lands in the 230s. I'm taking the under. All right. What's the what's your dog? So my dog for this one, I really didn't like many on the card, to be honest, but I might surprise you a little bit here. It's not going to be the Clippers because they killed me yesterday. I can't believe they lost to Chicago. They absolutely mm-hmm. just choked that game away so hard. I can't do it. I know one of you is going to take Oklahoma City, so I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to take Houston. I think that the second game in a two-game set where the first game came down to a final possession, the fact that Sacramento's favored again I think is a bit concerning because I do think these teams are pretty close. But Houston's at home. They are the more talented team. Porter did what he wanted. Green's still very good. And Houston's bench is not terrible. I'll take Houston at home on the money line at plus money against a Sacramento team that's atrocious on the road. Give me Houston. All right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so, over before you go, Dan, I'm just going to throw this information out because it happened over the course of while we were <laughs> while we were recording. So, the Bucks Clippers game. Let me just go ahead and rule out and tell you everybody that's been ruled out. Paul George is out. Marcus Morris is out. Nicholas Batum is out. Reggie Jackson is out. Brandon Boston is out. Giannis Antetokounmpo is out. I was right. Let's go. Middleton, I said Giannis would Chris be out. Let's Middleton go. is out. Chris Middleton is out. Drew Holiday is out. Brooke Lopez is out. So do with that information as you want. The line is now plus four. Do so so you're taking Clippers money you line because you've seen them come back from 37 down with nobody before. So you're just going to take the Clippers, yep. right? Dude, this is the Clippers roster beforehand. Might as well like, what, what Reggie Jackson? Like, give me them eight and a half that I just that I bought out last night. I'm feeling great about that. Shit. Hell yeah. All right. That also could have gone easily the other way if Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were playing. I would. Hey, Giannis not playing though. I'm going to pat myself on the back for yeah. just a random hunch. <laughs> so Scott, do you have a Friday party? Oh, uh, if you still do I have one, it, if you still need to work it, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to work that out while you guys uh, right. do your lock and dog. Dan, what's your lock and dog? Uh, so I'll start with my dog. I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies seven and a half against the Suns. Um, I just think that's too many points with a team that, you know, they, they went to battle. John Moran hit a game, nice little game winner. He's obviously not playing. They're playing with scrubs here, but I think that the Memphis Grizzlies have one of the deepest benches in the league right now. They've been holding it down without their superstar. They're not going to be with Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr., which is certainly going to matter, but I think this is a good time to get Dylan Brooks, a dog himself, um, some reps uh, with this second unit. Tyus Jones has been holding it down as well. Um, I think Zaire Williams, as Rel was saying, is going to have a good game. Um, This is a deep bench. They have a front court that can hang with this Phoenix Suns team. Um, I like the Memphis Grizzlies here. They've proven to be a good team without their superstars, so I think seven and a half still might be too many points. For my best bet, 
I'm going with the Boston Celtics minus four and a half. I think that I just saw some four and a halfs out there. First quarter versus the Indiana Pacers. Celtics lost a, a, a rough game against the Miami Heat. I think that one certainly stung a little bit. I think that this is a great bounce back, get right spot for them. A team that's been 5-0 and in the first quarter against the spread in their last five games. This team is good. You know, they're still adjusting without Robert Williams, but no problems or issues having Al Horford, man. The uh, front court, as well as Daniel Tice, I think we'll see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both get busy on that perimeter. Buddy Heald plays no defense. Malcolm Brogdon, maybe he plays. More than likely, he doesn't. So I just don't see a lot of scoring output on the Indiana side that they're going to be able to keep pace with this uh, Boston Celtics team. So I'm going to take four and a half with the Celtics. And I got my parlay for you as well. Let me just run into that. I'm going to take the Lakers money line plus 100. Take the Boston Celtics money line first quarter. Grizzlies seven and a half and Toronto Raptors money line pays out five to one. Let's go. All right. I like it. Okay. We have a lot that is going on here. This slate actually annoys me. Okay. For my lock, I'm going to go Toronto minus 11. Yeah, the the four-quarter thing is really what seals the deal for, for me with the Orlando Magic. And Toronto quietly has one of the best offenses in the past five games. So I'm just going to go ahead and bank on the better team, just routing Orlando all the way through here. Give me Toronto minus 11. That's my lock for my dog. Of course, I have so many options to choose from, so many things to tell you. But would I not be me if I didn't just take the one that is nine to 9-1? So give me the Portland Trailblazers on the money line to upset the San Antonio Spurs as they look two games past them in this two-game set. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but I'll sprinkle on them to do it. I like it. For my locks for the show, of course, I have the Raptors minus 11. Portland plus 15 and a half will be in there. I'm locking up the Clippers at plus four, even though the odds change. I'm locking them at plus four because this team, is, this has literally been the team that they've been playing with all year. And over the course of the entire season, the Bucks have the 27th ranked bench scoring in the league. 27. In the past five games, they're at 24. Their bench is absolutely atrocious. Whereas the Clippers have one of the best bench units in the league. So it's, it's what pretty is much their bench. Yeah. The whole team is bench players and they're yeah. all, st- they all still score. So yeah. I'm, I'm not fate. I'm not fading. I'm not backing this Bucks team, especially laying four with these, all these guys out and this Clippers team been basically playing with this unit and not to mention the in-game adjustments that I know Ty Lue to make, they're probably losing this game at halftime, make some adjustments and come out with the win. So locking up the Clippers at plus four. I already told you I'm locking up the OKC at plus five. Anything else I want to lock up on this slate? Mm, no, no, that's about it. And then for my Friday's parlay, I'm going to give you Dallas and Washington under. I like that. We're going to do the Raptors minus 11. I think that's a good one. Just go ahead and get two early wins right there. 
we're going to come back and we're going to go to the under in the Denver Nuggets game and Timberwolves game. I really like that play. And then what do I want to do? Do I want to do some nice? Yeah, let's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's take the, do I want, let's take the Clippers plus four. Yeah, fuck it. Let's take Clippers plus four. That's going to pay 12 to one. So we got the under in the, in the Wizards Dallas game. We have Toronto minus 11. The Clippers plus four and the under in the Timberwolves Nuggets game. That's 12 to one. Thank you to my good friends over at WinBet. Scott, what's your parlay? All right. So I'm going to do a player prop parlay uh, that pays out at about 12 to one. I'm going to go first leg. I'm going to take Chris Paul double double and Phoenix to win. Whether you think Memphis covers or not, I think Phoenix will win the game. But Chris Paul, we know just he's an assist god and I think they'll do well. So that's plus 150. I'm going to parlay that with Jalen Green over three-and-a-half three-pointers. He's been chucking them. Uh, it's about plus 134 on FanDuel. Well, that's a hell of a deal because he's made it at least five in each of the last three games. He's attempted at least ten in each of the last four. So he's been chucking them. And I also like Jason Tatum, 30-plus points and Boston to win at plus 130. Indiana gives up points at will. So those three picks pay out at plus 1245. All right. I like it. You guys have a lot of options to pick from today. Scott, talk to the people. Where can they find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to some Final Four basketball. Let's go North Carolina, and let's see what happens. Yes, sir. Tar. Eel Nation. Let's go. All right. DT, where can they find you at? Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Titus. Um, listen to the Buckets podcast for any other betting recommendations. Fantasy season's over. So, um, yeah, not doing that podcast anymore, but I will be on the PropCast later today talking football. So, never too early to talk uh, NFL trades and offseason. We got the draft coming up. So, a lot of good shit coming from. SGPN for that. And uh, yeah, like Scott said, final four weekend, repping the Hokies. So fuck Duke. Let's go UNC. I got a ticket for Kansas to win it all. So hopefully uh, that comes to fruition. But yeah, man, expecting a good game out of uh, both both great matchups that we could ask, best matchups we could ask for for final four. So I'm excited to watch it. All right. And you all know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter where I am having an incredible week in picks top five in tally site for NBA picks on the week. Join the Slack channel SG.pn slash Slack. Hop in there. Talk with me. Talk with Luna. I'll talk with all the guys as they go and watch this either really good or really bad NBA slate. It's going to be one or the other. I think it's going to be really good because it's going to there's going to be some upsets, like a 9-1 upset for the Portland Trailblazers. And that's how I'm going to end the pod because I don't have any other way of ending the pod because I am not good at this and I have no idea of a really cool catchphrase that people will say and repeat all the time as I end the pod. So I'm just going to end the pod like this. We are out. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it.